Now, alongside me here, I'm joined by Donna Nigalicor, who has worked here at St. Joseph's Secondary School for five years as a guidance counsellor. And to, she's here to tell us about her career and much more. So, Donna, you're very welcome to the programme. It's lovely to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Dara. Um, so, I suppose, first of all, Donna, tell us, first of all, how you landed yourself into education. Was it was it always an interest from a young age? Uh, honestly, no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was like most fifth and sixth year students. I was of the cohort that had no clue what they wanted to do. And it felt very overwhelming as it still does for students. But I pursued what I loved in college. So I did an arts degree, which gave me plenty of choice. I studied psychology, history, French and Irish initially and continued to degree level with French and Irish in NUI Galway, now University of Galway. Um, after that, I did a master's in Irish, M.A. Sinua Gaelge, and I considered going down the road of translation for a little while. And of course, my mum got into my head, like many mammies do, and said, just do the HDIP, the higher diploma in education, just in case. And as I rolled my eyes at her, I said, All right, OK, I'll do it. I'll do the eight months. And I did my teaching practice in Ennis, in Gwilkloshtan Clore, and had a wonderful experience there. And from my very first day standing in the classroom, I just felt, oh, this is what I want to do. So it wasn't something I knew from age 10 or 15 or 18 even. But as soon as I stood in front of a class um, while studying the higher diploma in education, um, I did it through Irish in Galway. Um, I knew straight away then that that's what I wanted to do. And how many years does it take to become you know, what what you studied? Mm-hmm. Well, originally I qualified as a teacher of French and Irish. So there are different routes to, to, to teaching and there are more and more routes opening up every year. So um, for primary teaching, you have your primary teaching degrees in the likes of Mary I or in St. Pat's DCU or Frebel in Maynooth. Um, for secondary teaching, there are specific secondary education courses now. There are a lot more cropping up every year. So we have the likes of the PE education course in UL or um, the Wood Technology course in UL also. Um, there's a lot in UCC as well. There's uh, language education courses too. So they would be four year degrees. But I went the more traditional route of an arts degree. Lots of people would have done an arts degree or a science degree. And it used to be one extra year. But unfortunately for newly qualified teachers, it's two years now. Mm. So we're talking about six years to qualify as a secondary school teacher unless you know at age 18 that you want to be a secondary school teacher. So are people more inclined to move away from the Bachelor of Arts degree? Honestly, yes, because it's cheaper if you decide at 18 that I want to be a secondary school teacher, it's four years in college yeah, if you go the teacher education yeah. route and it's six mm. if you do a Bachelor of Arts or a Bachelor of Science and then your two years uh, um, a PME, Professional Masters in Education. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of extra money. It's a lot of extra time and it's unfortunate. Um, but I suppose either route is a good route. I only have the experience of the route I went. The the degrees in education, like let's say the language education degree, it has teaching modules built into it from first to fourth year. So you're getting a little sprinkle of that every year, which is great. But if um, you were like me in school and you didn't really know what you wanted to do, it's forcing people to make the decision much sooner. And I don't feel that lots of people feel like they're ready to say, I want to be in school for the next 20 or 30 years when they're 18 and are trying to get out of yes, school, yes, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so 
as you mentioned, you studied Irish and French and you were an Irish and French teacher here in St. Joseph's. Um, but tell us about where you taught prior to coming to Tulla. Uh, so before I came to Tulla, I spent nine years working in Monaghan Town in Colosta Oriel, a Gael Colosta. So um, everything was taught through the medium of Irish and including my guidance classes and my one on one guidance sessions. So coming to Tulla, um, I was delighted to be heading west of the Shannon and coming back home to County Clare. But it was a huge adjustment teaching everything through English and even, you know, praising students or correcting students. I would only ever have done that in Irish in my career and even my teaching practice was through Irish. So it was an adjustment, but um, I couldn't be happier to be where I am now and I'm loving working here in Tulla. Yeah, I was just going to ask, I mean, you know, if someone would love to follow the route you went down, I mean, it probably has changed since, since you mm. were in college, but how can they go about studying to become a guidance counsellor? What have they to do? Okay. Well, there are guidance counsellors that work in ma- many sec- sectors in Ireland. So I represent a small proportion of guidance counsellors that work in second level education. And in order to be recognised by the teaching council, guidance counsellors working in second level education must also be qualified to teach other subjects at second level. So you would need an initial degree, you know, qualification teaching another subject. Um, And then after that, there are master's degrees you can complete over uh, or postgraduate degrees you can complete either over one or two years. And these are offered by the likes of DCU or UL. So it's an additional master's um, qualification on top of your teaching qualification. So, so there is many options around, yes. isn't there? Yeah, there are lots of options. And to be honest, it's not something I would have been ready for very early in my career. I feel like I needed to establish myself and find my feet and get to know my students. And my subjects really afforded me the opportunity to get to know my students. Preparing for Irish oral exams and French oral exams means I got to spend lots of time chatting with students one on one. And that's when I felt like, God, I'd actually really like to do this more and help them out, you know. So tell us about when you first came to Tulla five years ago. I mean, OK, you, you probably weren't nervous um, because you, you were t- you, you have taught for many years prior to that. But just tell me about your first day coming here. Um, the day I got the job and came in to walk around the school, I met with Miss Coleman. I still remember it like it was yesterday. And she walked me down towards the staff room and the first member of staff, and she was a former member of staff at that point, but she visited every day, was Sister Bosco. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And she made such a huge impact on me on my first day because she came over and gave me a hug and said, and who are you? <laughs> and she she did that many times after that. Her her short term memory wasn't very good, yeah. um, but I just felt embraced and happy and delighted and relieved, to be honest, that um, I had been led the right path and I'd ended up where I was supposed to be at this point in my life. Um, and then uh, I met all my colleagues and there were, uh, I think, three others that started along with me. Um, that are still I'm still working with them today so that's lovely and it's just a very warm at- atmosphere and I feel like um, everyone is just embraced and taken care of here in St. Joseph's it's yeah. nice and, and it's great to have such a, a great school community because mm-hmm. it, it, it probably doesn't feel like work to you doesn't it not always no it doesn't always feel like work to me it it feels like contributing to the community yes. Dara that's yes. exactly yes. what it feels yes. like yes. and we're all working to create something lovely. Everyone has the same vision for a lovely school and a happy environment and a very hard working environment. Yes, yeah. Very important also, but that, you know, we can all work together and um, I suppose make it through the tough times together, which we have done as well. Yeah. 
So back in 2021, a group of TY students, including myself, uh, came together to create a group called the I Can Mind My Mental Health. And this was in conjunction with uh, Tusla. Mm-hmm. Now, you were you were part of the early stages of the project. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us a little bit more about how the idea came about and the process of doing the project? Of course, yeah. So I was only involved at the initial stages of yeah. the project. Um, but the project was originally brought to our TY coordinator, Geraldine Sullivan, um, by Ashling Mulhall in Tusla. So um, they wanted to do something. I suppose they wanted to assist in a student led project um, where students would identify ways that we could mind our mental health, um, especially I suppose with everything, everything going on afterwards, COVID hit afterwards, yes. but actually timing wise, when the ICANN was launched, that was wonderful. So I was involved in the initial stages, I suppose, putting the student team together, which included yourself, Dara, mm-hmm. and uh, surveying students on lit- what they do to manage their mental health and to manage their stress levels and anxiety levels. So we got feedback from students throughout every year group in the school and the whole ICANN project was based on that initial feedback from our students. And, and what what was some of the feedback from students? Did was it, was COVID overall a negative impact on them, or was it, you know, did was it very stressful for them? I think it was. When we started the project, we knew nothing about about it really. Like, but um, I feel like we'll we'll only know everything about COVID in hindsight, and as the years go on, we'll learn more. But there were little simple things that, I suppose, when we're looking at ways to manage our stress we think it needs to be something huge. But students would often say, no, I go out and puck a ball against a wall for 20 minutes. And it's those little simple things that, you know, sometimes they do need to be put down in writing and people need to be reminded, yeah, go out for a walk by yourself, listen to the birds, simple things, or chat with a friend, or stop for 15 minutes and have a cup of tea. These are simple things that we need to be reminded of, you know, yes. and the ICANN did that and he put, it put that in a physical format. Um, uh, Geraldine Sullivan and Olivia O'Connor, my colleague in the guidance department, they continued to mentor the students of the project and they designed the ICANN with the students and um, it was very successful. It's been rolled out nationally since. So it was, it's been an honour and a privilege to be involved in the pilot, you know. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, the, the, the students themselves got uh, great recognition for their involvement in so. the project and we had a great day out in bov- above in the mansion house, mm. but you weren't there, unfortunately. But uh, isn't it such a wonderful initiative to to keep going forward down the line for students? 100%. And like, I nearly feel like a fraud talking about it because the students should be talking about this. The students were the pioneers of this. The students did the work. The students led it. And that's why the students got the award. Do you know, they did the work. And it's amazing to see what a small group of 16 year olds can achieve when they're put in the right situation and given the encouragement. And um, here in St. Joseph's, we were all bursting with pride and we still are when we think back. And I I can remember for myself, I mean, as you said, during COVID, it was a stressful time for everyone. But there was a lot of work involved in the project in in the sense that we couldn't meet in person. The only time we met in person was uh, when we had a a lovely day here or a bit of a ceremony here Mm -hmm. in the school in September. The project started back September of the following year. Mm-hmm. So it was a year later before we could all meet in person. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very difficult. It was very difficult. And for students and staff and the staff in Tusla alike, we were having online meetings and none of us were used to it. Yeah. And because like we won a particip- or a chil- or a, the Children's Award, um, 
you know, we needed young people to participate. And that meant that, Dara, you and some of your colleagues in TY at the time, you guys had to chair meetings, which is daunting enough to do in person, but doing it online was even harder, I can imagine. Do you know? So it it was an additional challenge, but I think everyone rose to the challenge. So talk moving forward now to a different topic, I suppose a couple of weeks time, we all know what's happening. Leaving search students will be sitting their state exams. Mm -hmm. And again, another very stressful time for students. Um, Could you tell us about, you know, if students come to you to look for advice in terms of what subjects they would like to do down the line or whatever and CAO points and the whole lot, how do you go about supporting them? Okay, well, if we're going back to students in third or fourth year, what subjects to do? You have to know what subjects you need, first of all. Like, be prepared. Lots of courses have certain subject requirements, so they might require one or two science subjects or they might require a language, but it's always wise to do subjects you love and subjects you're good at. And if you do subjects you love, you will never go far wrong because studying of studying those subjects won't be such a chore. If you choose a subject that you think sounds good, but you, you know, you shiver at the thought of opening the book, it's a bad idea because how are you going to sustain studying that subject for two years? And very often the subjects we love are the subjects we're good at. We have a flair for and we'll achieve the highest CAO points we can achieve if we're studying what we love. Mm-hmm. Um, sixth year students who come to me wondering about courses. There are students who have always known what they want to do. Very easy. It's great for them, although sometimes we have to look at backdoor routes in. Um, and for students who have no clue what they want to do, uh, it was easy years ago when we only had 50 or 60 CAO courses. Now we've well over a thousand CAO mm-hmm. courses. So really it is process of elimination. It's looking at what I definitely don't want to do. So if I go back and use myself as an example, you know, I unfortunately for me was not a mathematician or a scientist, so I could sort of cut out engineering and science courses. Um, It it is process of elimination as well. And you have to remember that you'll be getting yourself out of bed on Monday mornings. It could be lashing rain. You'll be walking into college. You have to make sure what the lecture you're walking into is something you want to hear. It's very hard to get up in the morning and get yourself into college if you're not passionate about what you're studying. I would say keep it general. Keep it general and don't get yourself locked into a specific course if you're not 100% passionate. And I suppose, Di, you, you'd agree with me when I say this. Um, the PLC courses are another option for students as well. Um, because for those of you listening to this interview, um, we, if you can remember, we interviewed uh, Declan Doody from the Limerick and Clare Further Education College, who is a lecturer in radio journalism uh, below on Munger Street. And it was fascinating mm-hmm. just what goes on below in the college. It's amazing. It is incredible. And I think people often overlook any other avenue bar the CAO. And even in school, we spend an awful lot of time talking about CAO courses. And that's simply because it's a process that can be quite hard to navigate. PLC courses, traineeships, apprenticeships. These are all routes to further education and education. It's a ladder. I always say it in class. It's a ladder with 10 steps. When people leave school here, they'll be on step number four or five. And it's about progressing to be the best you can be and to to reach your potential. And PLC courses are at level five or level six on that ladder. And they are a wonderful uh, they give wonderful opportunities to many, many students. And many students would progress on to the likes of TUS or UL or ATU after 
doing a PLC course, uh, much the same as apprenticeships. Most apprenticeships take four years, um, but you end up at point number six on the ladder. You know, you're climbing that ladder all of the time. And I think we're all guilty of focusing on the CAO, but 100% PLC courses, traineeships, apprenticeships are well worth looking into. And lots of them you can apply for right into the summer months. They're all open for application now, but for many of them, you can apply right into the summer months. Um, now, I, I don't know, have you come across it, but I say we have improved as a generation, but do you, do you still think there is a stigma towards PLC courses even to this day? I think so. Yeah. I think if I asked ask students this week, anyone interested in applying for CAO courses, please come and talk to me. I might get two. Yeah. If I asked people one on one this time next year, anyone interested in applying for PLC course, I would get far more. I think um, as teenagers, nobody wants to stand out. Nobody wants to go against the grain. Everyone's very nervous of yeah. that. Yeah. No one wants to put their hand up and say, I'll do a PLC course. Um, but it is a very popular option. And as well as that, it's it's great for students, I guess, who aren't ready to sign up to a four year course, you know, yes, um, yes. who haven't decided, yeah, I want to spend four years of my life studying this. Maybe they want to dip their toe in the water and try a course for one year or actually most level five PLC courses would be eight or nine months. So you're seeing, is it worth trying it out or will I jump straight into a three or four yeah. year degree? Yes. Do you know? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so would you be able to give our students a, a few study tips before before the, the actual big exam comes up in June? OK, well, I know everyone here has been studying very, very hard for the past <laughs> year. Um, so I would say coming very close to the exams, what's most important is to mind yourself, yeah. Yeah. to keep a very good routine. Yes. So you're, there's no way anyone's going to cram the whole geography course, the whole biology course no. into two days. It's not going to happen. No. But I think having little checklists, I'm a big fan of a checklist, ticking off chapters you're happy with and you've, you're OK with, little question marks beside things you need to revise. When it comes to the actual leaving cert, the routine is so important. Eating well is important. Getting enough sleep is important. Pulling all nighters is not a good idea because you need to be on top form. In fact, going to bed a little bit earlier before exams is better. Making sure you aren't hungry. If you're someone who can't eat breakfast, get up that little bit earlier. Give yourself 40 minutes before you eat anything. But going in on an empty stomach isn't a good idea. So these are just little practical things you can do to make the exams easier. Um, I'm not a fan of hanging around dissecting exams after they've done. So I would advise students when your exam is done, don't wait around the school to talk to everyone about what they said and what did you write and what did you write? I don't think it's good for anyone. I think when the exam is done, put down your pen and say, I did the best I could do. Take a little break and move on and start getting ready for the next one. Yeah, and I suppose it's important to reiterate the point as well. Um, I know from many of my friends, um, as soon as they go into sixth year, all the hobbies and interests they had outside of school gone you know so it's important to still keep those hobbies and interests going with the study because it's not all about the study either you have to have uh, mind your mental health as well completely and i think the hobbies that's what helps us all process the stress and anxiety of yeah. sixth year and if someone has been i don't know playing handball or hurling or, or singing in a choir all their lives and they give that up in sixth year because they need the extra time they've no outlet mm -hmm. and having that outlet for stress and having that time that downtime is so important 
So obviously I couldn't I couldn't stand behind six nights of training for two hours a night. I couldn't stand over that. But I do think keeping up your hobbies and pastimes is so important throughout secondary school. And yeah, there's a balance for everyone. There is a balance. But hobbies are very, very important. It's where we all blow off steam. We all need our hobbies. Exactly. So finally, before I let you go, uh, while we're here in St. Joseph's, what have been your highlights so far in, in the school in your five years that you've been here? Oh, gosh, there are so many. Um, I've had gr- I've met so many wonderful students and um, I suppose I've had so many nice moments with nice students. And when things go well for people, it's fabulous. You know, yeah. uh, we welcomed the Cycle Against Suicide right, team yes. here at St. Joseph yeah. several years back. And that was an absolutely wonderful day. Yeah. It was so memorable. The school was so full of color and life and absolutely everyone got involved. It was brilliant. It was very, very enjoyable. Yes. I loved it. Um, the guidance department, um, along with actually all staff, I should say, not just the guidance department, all staff, we run a wellness week every year as well. And we've had some fabulous days during wellness week. We've had wonderful guest speakers in. We've had great trips out. And it's just a week where we highlight the importance of minding ourselves and minding each other. And I think those weeks will stand out for me as well. Um, but what stands out most is the people I've met, the staff, the students, the people I've worked with, the students I've worked with. Um, yeah, it's just a lovely place to work. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> well, I'm delighted to hear that. So uh, that's that's. I'm afraid that's all we have time for. Um, so Donna Nigalikor, uh, career guidance teacher at St. Joseph's Secondary School here in Tulla. Thank you very much for joining me here on the programme. Thank you, Dara. Best of luck in the leaving, sir.